Well, on this episode of Geek Out Loud, is really this episode of Chewie's Cantina Heroes and Legends. It's one of those major big crossovers where we're teaming with our buddies at Chewie's Cantina and we're talking what if. What if we talked what if? Let's do it. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Chewy's Cantina. Not only that, it's Geek Out Loud, your safe place to geek out on the internet. We are teaming up once again with my good friend Lucas, a.k.a. Lethargic Chewy. I should say he is teaming up with me, and uh, we are doing a Heroes and Legends spot there in the cantina as we're just having a good time talking all things superheroes in collecting, superheroes in media, superheroes, 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 and supervillains. And in this episode, we are we decided, to, and we've even locked him in, ladies and gentlemen, um, to bring in our good friend, author Adam Bray, to talk some what if. So let's bring him in right now. First of all, of course, lethargic Chewy, Lucas Butler himself. Lucas, how's it going, man? It is well. It is well. It is good to be back together. Uh, it seems like forever since we've hung out uh, in person as well as online. So uh, it's good to give you, be back and talk superheroes and have a little fun here in the cantina and in the Gulliverse. How about how about a 15-minute um, uh, spotlight? Hey, dude, that was good. <laughs> I, I think Adams was longer on Loki. Oh, really? Okay, good. Yes. Good. I mean, it was good, but both of those are good. All three that we've done have been excellent. Well, so, for, those, for those of you just joining us and tuning in, uh, on the podcast, we don't have the audio from that video uploaded, um, but over on the Facebook at Chewy's Cantina, and I guess we'll throw it up on the YouTube as well, the Geek Out Loud yeah. YouTube, um, you can see the segment we did for uh, focusing in on Kang and trying to tell trying to tell Kang's story in a succinct amount of time, and it's really hard. But also with us, the aforementioned uh, good friend of the show, good friend of me, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Adam Bray. Adam, how's it going, man? Hey, 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 it's previously Fat Adam. On a, on a serious delay. This always happens to us. What is going on with that? Oh. <laughs> I don't know how you speed up your internet, but bummer. speed up your internet. Yeah, bummer indeed. But we'll, we'll make it work. Oh, well, yeah. I, I think I can. Let's see. It, this is like... Um, this is like we're doing a news report, you know, and you're somewhere via satellite. So, Adam, tell us what you're seeing there. In Kandahar. That's right. Well, well, okay. There that goes. All right. So, so anyhow, Lucas had reached out and said, hey, let's do this. Let's talk some stuff. And by the way, I would just want to mention really quickly that, um, that we are also right now, as we're recording this, Live at mixer.com slash goaliverse with all the guardians of the goaliverse over there. We got a we got a pretty packed house in the in the house. And so I want to thank everyone for joining us live at mixer.com slash goaliverse. And uh we appreciate you guys being there and hanging with us there in the Mixler Zoo crew. Um so Lucas had reached out to me and said basically, hey, uh why what if we get together not not for every episode 
Yeah, but but maybe every every couple of weeks, and let's talk the previous episodes of What If. And uh, I thought that was a great idea, Lucas. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been so excited about this series since they first previewed it. You know, a long time ago. It's like I just can't wait to see what they're gonna the spin they're gonna take on those stories. So finally, when it was dropped, I just actually before it was dropped, I sent Adam a message. I was like. Hey, would you be up for, you know, talking about this? He was like, yeah, just tell me when. Do you want to do weekly or whatever? I thought, you know, I shot you a message, and I was like, uh, I know with our schedules, weekly would be hard. Um, so doing it every other week so we can talk two episodes. And so here we are. This is the first one. So hopefully in a couple of weeks we'll be able to uh, knock it out again. So I, I've been pleased with the first two. I'm sure we'll get into that. But um, that's kind of how it all started. And. Uh, it's cool to be able to do it with the Cantina and uh, Geek Out Loud. And this will help, you know, content both on uh, your side of the fence, yeah. Cantina, as well as the YouTube channel we got rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, it's good. To, it's I'm, I'm glad to see the YouTube stuff getting back up and going up there. I hadn't done anything in a while. But my but you can't tell it, but my space where I would record and stuff is an absolute mess right now because I, I feel like, Adam, I've got this, this thing of, of, of like – I know there's a name for it. Maybe it's ADHD, but I'm very hyper-focused on like one hobby at a time. And so ever since I kind of moved out of the Star Wars hobby, I got into the Marvel Legends hobby again. I, I'd been in Marvel Legends back in the early 2000s when they first started coming out. And um, that has caused me to stumble back over into and to pick back up on my comic book collecting. And so, <laughs> so I've got bags and boards here. I'm going through some of my comics and trying to sort some things out and really kind of figure out how I want to go about the collecting of these days. But, uh, Adam, were you, I, I know that, you know, a lot of this stuff is kind of, I don't want to say it's new to you because you did so much research for the work that you've done on, on all your books, ultimate Marvel and, and the encyclopedia and the different MCU stuff. But, the concept of the what if story, is that something you're familiar with before we came into this television show? Uh, yeah, I guess uh, I, I probably had the idea for it uh, more from Star Wars, mm -hmm. uh, from their, um, well, I, I forget what it's even called. The Infinities? Yeah, the Infinities and the Visionaries or something like that. Yeah. Um, the, the old Dark Horse stuff. And I, I didn't even know that very long. You know, I know I pro probably only started reading that stuff about uh, 10, 10, 11 years ago uh, for Star Wars. But then I got introduced to the Marvel, the, the What If stuff, um, probably through the, the book research that mm -hmm. I did. Um, so I'm... I'm familiar with it. I don't, I don't know all the scenarios, but I, I've run into a few of them. So I knew what I was kind of getting into with this. Lucas, in all your days, did you ever run up on the what if comic? No, you know, I think we've talked about it, Steve. I, I just, you know, bold confession here. I wasn't much of a comic guy. That's right. Up. That's right. I did a little bit here or there. Um, you know, my mom would get some, but most of the time, I hung out with the uh, DC uh, stuff. So I'd get Superman, mm -hmm. I'd get Batman, just, you know, a few, and then I'd stop and I'd pick up a few. So I don't have a lot of comics in my background, not until probably, you know, the last 10 years kind of hit and mm -hmm. miss, uh, depending on, we had some, a comic book shop here in our, our, our town and really started to build a relationship with that guy. And through that, I'd go in every week and buy and, you know, kind of, that way, I kind of had some something to talk about with him, honestly. And then, too, the collection kind of started there, too. So, 
but that's that's about the depth of my collecting and following the storylines. I was I was aware of what if the comic. I was never huge into it because it wasn't actual stories within the the current continuity. It really they really are meant to be what if stories. But it is um, the 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 storyteller and all of them. Just like in the TV show is the Watcher, and he's explaining these different universes and everything that go on. Um, and uh, and so. In 1977, from 1977-1984, the first volume of What If um, came out with Marvel. It started with What If Spider-Man Joined the Fantastic Four. Like that, that was their first What If story. Because in the first issue of Amazing Spider-Man, he goes and tries to join the Fantastic Four, and and, and so like the so it changed. Like, well, what's the, what happens then? Then the second issue is What If the Hulk Had the Brain of Bruce Banner? And what's so funny is. A few years later, in the comic continuity, Bruce Banner would have his brain in the Hulk's body, and uh, and and it you know and the way it plays out and stuff and and there's a what if Jane Foster had the power of Thor and that sort of thing. This is a comic I've got just it was sitting up here. It's what if the Avengers fought the Kree Scroll War without Rick Jones and 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 every one of these stories opened up with the Watcher kind of explaining what had originally happened. And so you get a paragraph or so of dialogue saying, well, this is how it originally went, but what, what would happen if this went on? And then the story begins. Later on in the 80s, the later 80s, I think like 87 maybe, they did a second volume, 89. They did another volume of What If that ran till 1998, and that has some pretty popular stories in it. What if, uh, what if Peter Parker had kept the symbiote? You know, what if he had, what if he had not given up the symbiote the way he did? Um, what if the Fantastic Four all had the same powers? That was a very Twilight Zone type story where none of them really had a happy ending. Um, you so you had a lot of things like that. What if, what if Captain America had never come back? What if Captain America never got frozen? And so I was really kind of pumped about the the concept of what if coming to television, you know, to see how they do it and everything, and to see how they play it. And I thought these two first episodes were a really fun look um, at those. Lucas, you said that you like the first episode a little bit better than the second. Yeah, because I haven't had a lot of time to marinate in the second episode, honestly. Mm -hmm. It just dropped yesterday. I have watched it essentially a couple of times. But, I mean, you know, I guess all the hype was a lot of it was focused on uh, uh, Captain Carter and, you know, seeing seeing her like that. And, dude, that was just that was just awesome. By, uh, by the way, my wife. By, and there will be spoilers, ladies and gentlemen, for oh yeah, for this stuff. But it's, alert. Um, <laughs> but uh, but my wife, um, she's she calls Captain Carter Beefy Peggy. Oh, dude! Yeah. She's got <laughs> oh, Beefy Peggy. She Amazon quick. <laughs> Adam, do you have a preference out of these first two episodes? Uh, you know, it's hard to say because, uh, Guardians of the, you know, I, I liked the MCU in the beginning, that first phase, but it, it wasn't until the Guardians of the Galaxy that I really loved the MCU. Right. I, I fell on, cause that, that's, you know, that's, that's Star Wars, mm-hmm. you know, it's, that's Marvel's version of Star Wars, basically. And it's, um, so I'm, I'm going to naturally gravitate, I think, to the second episode yeah. more. However, I think what they've done with 
with both of these, um, but especially I saw that in that first episode with the Captain uh, Captain Carter, uh, they go by by returning to the scenarios of these original movies. They they catch lightning in a bottle for for the second time is what I felt like they mm. they recaptured all the all the magic uh, uh, of seeing the that the these movies for the first time. Mm. Um, that's how I kind of felt watching both of these episodes. Uh, so I, in the end, I don't know if I'm going to be able to choose which ones right, I right. like better or not. Well, I know, I know we've got some more things coming down the pipe with, with this and, and we'll talk about them as we get to them. Let's talk about what if, um, Peggy Carter had taken the, the, soldier, the super soldier serum. What if it was Captain Carter instead of Captain America? Let's Let's kind of let's kind of dive into that episode really quickly. Um, one of the first things that happens is is he points to the moment when everything, the decision that changes everything, and it's Peggy's decision to stay on the floor. But even that seems a little bit weird to me, Lucas, because in Captain America: The First Avenger, everyone was up in the observation deck. Yeah, so I was like, okay, what, they were all following her lead anyway, I guess, so, <laughs> because. I thought they're already up there and then she goes and joins them. But, um, and you know, kind of what these, both these episodes have done and I'm sure I will with the second episode, it's drove me back to the original movie. Mm -hmm. I think I, I watched, I watched the first Captain America, the first Avenger after watching uh, the first, what? Oh, nice. So, nice. So I wanted to compare it and yeah. yeah. So everybody just goes up there, but when they asked her in the, uh, the animation, you know, wouldn't you be better? If, no, I'm just staying here. Well, then everybody else does. Everyone's well, like, well, she gets to stay. I get to stay. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> a woman staying in here. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, that was interesting. So that's the defining moment uh, is when she stays down. Well, for that universe, for yeah, that yeah, particular for, for universe. That, yeah, for that universe. For that timeline. That's where the splinter happens. Right, right. Uh, within that. And, and, event, and so it, it makes a very, it's interesting to me, Adam, that, that what happens it, and it, and it kind of does this in the old comic books a little bit, you know, there's some that would get way out there with it, but it's interesting that basically Peggy's life becomes, uh, I mean, right down to some of the shots that they did were, were almost shot for shot read redoings of things that were in the first Avenger, but her story becomes Captain America's story. She's just, it's just a different way of her to be gone for 70 years. Um, rather than rather than getting a happy ending, you know, uh, it, it 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 seems like like the universe is trying to set itself right there. Right, um, and it it was interesting to me um, how she ends up uh, where Steve Rogers does. Right. Or, well, no, it, uh, basically, mm -hmm. you know, she en ends up in uh, New York, though she she pops out. Uh, I, I guess instead of Loki, um, where he does in uh, the Avenger, beginning of the Avengers, right, movie, right, um, which uh, makes me wonder, you know, is this show, this series, particularly this this episode, um, how we're going to see these animated? alternate what if versions um transition into live action versions uh in the coming things are we going to see captain peggy live action 
um, maybe a few movies down or a few series down the road. Well, that's kind of the that's kind of the question I think a lot of people are asking right now, and there are some people that are even um, speculating that. For me, Lucas, I just kind of assumed that these stories would exist as they are, you know, on on this show, and and they wouldn't necessarily worry about trying to bring any of these characters into a live action situation. Are you expecting Lucas for, for Captain Carter to show up in say Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness? I don't know if I'm expecting, but I'd love to see it. <laughs> I mean, I mean just the timing of the release of the media. Okay. You've got Loki just wrapped up. All right. You've got all these splintered universes now. And now here, well, what happens if this happens in this universe? Mm-hmm. Well, we've got Captain Carter. I mean, the timing you know, fits perfectly. Um, you know, whether or not that's their ultimate plan, but the media, all of it's lining up. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, explains. I mean, granted, I don't, I don't know a lot as I've kind of alluded to about the Watcher and some of the other background comic things. Um, but just far as progression, splintered timelines, well, this is what can happen on those splintered timelines. Here's Captain Carter. Here's Cha Cha over here, you know. Uh, so uh, that's that's where my thoughts mm-hmm. are going. I'd love to see it. I'm like Adam. I'm like, hey, let's let's see Captain Carter bust some heads. I mean, she's Perfect. someone she's someone we could definitely see. And then um, obviously you might be able to bring forward Steve Rogers, Iron Man, or or Hydra Stomper, Hydra Stomper uh, into yeah. into the uh, into the MCU through one of those situations. Would Adam, when it comes to Steve and, and the Hydra Stomper and everything, it was powered by the Tesseract, a.k.a. the Cosmic Cube. Um, this whole, like, really, if you really want to break it down, what happens with Peggy taking the Super Soldier Serum instead of Steve ends up doing more than just kind of swapping her in Steve's place because now the Tesseract, does it, it never really... I don't, you know, I guess the question is, does it actually ever fall into Loki's hands? You know, does, does, does Loki show up? Do, you know, what, how do, there, there's a lot of different way, because if she comes through with the Tesseract that uses it to open up that portal in space and Loki doesn't, what does that say? What does that mean? You know, are, it, are there already Avengers in that? There's a lot of questions that that what if episode doesn't answer as far as, the Avengers and that sort of thing in that universe, because Nick Fury is, is that's the scene from Avengers when she shows up and there's some of the same, there's some similar dialogue and everything. So do you, do you think that, I, I guess what I'm asking is, 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 is uh, other than, well, other than Loki, what what does that mean? What else does that mean has not necessarily happened in that universe, according, based on what we've seen on screen, compared to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? You know what I'm saying? Like, what if Loki doesn't right. sh- if Loki doesn't show up? There's no need to form the Avengers. Um, there may not have been any chance to get to. You know what I mean? Like, the, the Loki may not have gotten the right. Tesseract. I, you don't know, like you assume mm-hmm. that the events of Thor still play out the way the events of Thor played out. You you assume, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know that there's also well, what about Tony Stark yeah. now? Because if if yeah. if Howard uses the Tesseract to power an Iron Man like armor, is Tony going to follow through and create an arc reactor? Is he going to continue weapons? But you know, how does that play out? Um, 
it's just uh, kind of a it's kind of a thing to th- it's something to think about and and it's one of those fun things that these what if stories send you down the trail with yeah and uh red skull gets smushed too by that monster that's right that's right yeah, yeah so red skull is not on uh soul gym planet Vormir, yeah. yeah Vormir. thank you <laughs> What was that beast thing anyway? What is that? Well, that's uh, so glad you asked, Lucas. Oh, I'm glad I did. Um, there's some people that say it is, and I'm going to pronounce this completely wrong. Shuma Garath. Okay. Um, he is this multi tentacled villain with like one big giant eyeball. Shows up a lot in um, Doctor Strange comic okay. books. Um, and so a lot of people are thinking that's him. The problem is, is he usually only has like six or eight tentacles. Like, and we, and it seemed like we saw a bunch more than that in this. I haven't gone back and counted the tentacles. Um, but it seems like we saw a lot more tentacles than that. And so that's one of the things that people are saying, well, he'll be the big villain a la Dormammu from the first Doctor Strange in the second Doctor Strange. Um, but I don't know. Again, I think that's wishful thinking of people wanting this this show to show up in live action. And I think it's just a tentacle. I mean, it could just be a tentacle monster from another dimension or something. You know, I, I don't know. Um, but a lot of people are saying Shumagarath is who that is. Shumagarath. Shuma. It's, I don't know. So I wonder who would win in a battle. Shumasharagarath, whatever. Or yeah. Starro, the big, you know. Oh. Um, <laughs> you know, he's popular now with the Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah. Probably Shumagarath, I would I think. I would hope so. I would hope yeah. so. <laughs> he's. I think he's got a little more to him than than just the the big starfish. Yeah, yeah. So, I I guess what I, I guess when you, yeah when you see like that's the other thing. Yeah, Red Skull gets crushed, so that means there's a different guardian, I guess, on Vormir for the Soul Stone or the Soul Gem, and um, of course, you know, does Thanos? I guess then, and that's the other thing. Thanos is still on his quest in that universe, you know. Right. So it's just it's it's a really interesting kind of thing to kind of consider. Does Peggy just show up and is Captain Carter on that version of the Avengers? You know, is Tony Stark Iron Man? Um, is is Bruce Banner the Hulk? You know, do they continue to try to figure out the Super Soldier Serum the way they did? in the, in the Marvel cinematic universe, even still, you know, so it's just some fun things to kind of consider. And where is Steve Rogers? Obviously he probably died a lot sooner than Peggy would have, because he was, you know, he was a lot weaker in his constitution. (laughs) Never, never had that dance. Yeah. Never did. Never got that dance. He did. Did he die in that episode? In the, basically, the same way that um, uh, what's his name, Winter Soldier. No, remember they came back and the they train blew up. No, they found him with the because the they were powering their whole. The Red Skull was powering oh, his, and yeah, so yeah, they right. they basically kidnapped him. Right. That's the other thing. Okay. There's no Winter Soldier in that universe. Yeah. Or or at least no Winter Soldier in the in the sense that it was Bucky is the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Right. I like that little token. Uh, what are you doing? Trying to tear my arm off? That's Come right. In. Yeah, <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> but that's it, and that's the thing. It's just like Adam. You, it, it's a great, it's a great analogy. Anyone who's read the What If comics, or really even the Infinities comics from the Dark Horse Star Wars, that I like the little things they throw in mm-hmm. throughout, like that. You know, where it's like right. Bucky doesn't die, so they don't take Bucky and do the experiments on him that they would have done in the in the original MCU. 
So either he's Question not about that. Yeah. So, so the original MCU, and again, if it's parallel with the comics or whatever, help me, help me, help me navigate that. Help but, me. Help me now. So the original uh, Captain America, you know, he finds Bucky. He's laid out on the table. Looks like they've already done some stuff mm-hmm. to him. Yep. So at that point, have he already received some of that treatment? Or does he get the super soldier stuff after he falls from the train and loses the arm? I think he was, I think what was happening is, is they were beginning the process of maybe the, the mental stuff. Okay. And that's why when he fell off the train and loses the arm and everything, that's why they choose to go back and get him because they'd already begun work on his mind and stuff. Because he yeah. was obviously doped up with something, Adam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so, um, but now that doesn't happen. And in fact, when she rescues all those guys, he's in the cell. He's in the cell because yeah. Red Skull doesn't have the Tesseract to power everything and to do all the work he was doing. That's true. You know, right. so it's, it's, uh, there's a whole, it, 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 like I say, it's, it's neat to me the way it, um, the way it, 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 it branches off literally, uh, you know, in a whole, in, in other different ways. Um, any, right. fa- any fun Easter eggs or anything you noticed in that first episode, Adam? Um, you know, I've only gone through and watched it once. So mm-hmm. I think think any easter egg is kind of went over my head i'd have to watch it through a second time to yeah. catch them i think the uh what about you lucas do you notice any fun easter eggs uh just some you know comments or something i mm-hmm. didn't i'm not real attentive to those things in the background it takes okay. like 100 watches before i see it all right well in the future ladies and <laughs> guys just remember uh, this is going to be a this is going to be a standard question of right. along in the we're, future we're setting the template now <laughs> Let me take notes. Yeah, please do. Please do. Um, the, uh, the, the, one of the, there were a few, there's some musical cues that, um, that are straight out of the Captain America score, but they also do something with the music for her where they take it up like a major key almost, or they, they kind of shift it a little bit to, to be a little more, uh, lighthearted, a little more, you know, different it's just different just just different enough to know that it's different um there's the shot where she and the howling commandos bust through the door you know and she's got the shield and they're all firing i mean that's just right out of the movie yeah yeah Yeah. um and then there's when steve i want to say it's when he breaks into the train and he pull puts the fingers in and he pulls back that is that is Iron Man opening the door from Civil War. I mean, it really is. It is it is that same kind of shot. So, a lot of those same little things, visual cues and audio cues, were in there. And I know there's a thousand more as far as the way she fights and 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 everything that goes on there. But yeah, I did notice, and this isn't on the Easter egg thing. I noticed the the officer, uh, commanding officer, that was you know kind of kind of the butt mm-hmm. at the beginning, you know, and talking down to her and everything. That is totally different than the MCU. Well, Far Tommy as. Lee Jones' character got shot. Oh, okay. He's he's the one that gets shot and killed there. The uh, at, at see, the I thing. didn't catch that part. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. And so that character is played by um, is I, I know his voice. Yeah, been, he was in the Godzilla King Kong movie. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, let me find his name, or let me see if someone in the chat knows his name. Um, I can't. I can't think. He is in. Um, 
He was in West Wing, wasn't he? Yeah, West Wing, exactly. Um, Bradley Whitford is his yeah. name, and he is in the Agent Carter show. Oh, okay. Um, playing playing a, a shield higher upper guy. Okay. And so, um, so yeah, so, I so want to watch that show now. I so he well he plays that it's that same character John Flynn, um, that is that is in the that's in the in the pe- in the Agent Carter show which I never finished. I saw the first couple episodes and I never finished the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm like you. It makes me want to go back and watch it to kind of catch all that stuff. But yeah, she oh. it, go ahead. So the character. So the character in this episode is from the the Agent Carter TV series, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. He so is an agent. Yeah, in Agent Carter, he is um, he's the same character, John Flynn, Colonel John mm-hmm. Flynn, but he is her uh, superior officer, for lack of a better word, in Shield. Gotcha. Uh, because Shield, it's the SSR, and then it becomes Shield gotcha. after Captain America, yep. and so. She's Peggy Carter, agent of Shield, and he kind of has that same attitude toward her, like you know, I, mm-hmm. you, you know, gotcha. just get over here and get us some coffee, kind of thing, and um, right, and and the whole deal with that show is she just, I guess, is proving herself, and Howard Stark's in that show and everything, and but um, mm-hmm. yeah, it it so yeah, that's who that is, Lucas, and and in, and rather than, and there's another choice she makes that doesn't really get brought out a lot. But apparently, she chose not to do the USO War Bonds tour that Steve did in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Because she's obviously a little more bullheaded and, and strong-willed than Steve is. Right. Because Howard gives her the costume, and he says, this is what you were supposed to wear, but I I fix it up for you. Mm-hmm. You know, I made some uh-huh. modifications. So apparently, she was supposed to do that, and she told them, you know, to I guess stick the USO war bonds where the sun Stuff. don't shine. Yeah, yeah, because Steve does bring it up when he's there, you know, trying to walk, and she's mm-hmm. throwing uh throwing weights into the wall. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was nice. I like. Well, that was another Easter egg. She's doing the punching bag and punch just like oh, Cap yeah, did, and yeah, it. just like Cap did. But the weights into the wall, you know, reminds you of the shield being thrown. Right. So right. Cool. Yeah. And so. Yeah, so Howard gives her the costume. He says, this is what I made for you, but I made some modifications now. And it's the same thing. So Steve, just being more of a fall in line, do what he feels like his country needs him to do, goes and does that USO tour until he finds out that Bucky is, is you know, um, hostage. She says, forget you guys. I'm going to continue to contribute as much as I can and as much as they'll let her. And then, boom, here comes Captain Carter. Mm-hmm. Man, so. She was fun to watch when she fought, man. I, I don't know yeah. if the animation was excellent yeah. first off, mm-hmm. and just man, she she went to town with those guys in the motorcycle, everything. I love it when she's running beside the motorcycle. Hi, she pops, I can't remember what she said. It knocks yeah. him off the motorcycle. There were a few times, Adam, where I felt like she was a little overpowered. Um, yeah, um, I think that comes with animation. Yeah. A- animation lens. It's it's like in the Clone Wars and uh, for Star Wars, the Jedi are a little, are, are very Marvel comics. Uh, they're not, uh, you know, they're not Star Wars Jedi. You know, they're, they're super overpowered. So I think animation lends itself to that. Mm. So as the kids today would say, she was OP. Yeah, she was OP for sure. 
Um, but that's but you know, and that's I, I guess thought that meant original post for like <laughs> social media. <laughs> oh, sorry. I guess that's, that's one of my I guess that's one of my criticisms of of the whole show of that episode is she just seems to be a little overpowered for my taste. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. Uh, I, 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 Captain America is not. He is strong. And slinging a using a using momentum to sling a motorcycle is one thing, but like stopping a big truck is something completely different, even with the shield. Um, and so, so I struggle with that a little bit. But overall, I, I I dug it, and I like the I like the way the ending battle and everything played out um, with the interdimensional being and everything. And I think there are some people that expected to see tentacles in the second episode, Lucas. What if T'Challa became Star Lord? Um, yeah. And yeah. and so uh, I I know you've been you you've hung with that one a couple of a couple of times already. Adam, you said you think you preferred the second one right now to the first. What did yeah. you like about this second episode of T'Challa becoming a Star Lord? Um, that it was space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that it was a- aliens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, there, a lot of characters in it that we that we know and that we loved. If, mm-hmm. if we love Guardians of the Galaxy, um, so that there was a, there was a lot more going on. A lot of characters in the story that I can pick and choose and follow and you know, angle my perception of the story from around them, anchor it to them. Um, yeah, I just, I liked everything. Yeah. It, it, it's a, it's a fun episode. Um, I, at, Lucas, I have a problem believing that T'Challa is going to make Thanos <laughs> change yeah. his mind about his plan. Yeah, he's still promoting it pretty heavy. He, bro, kinda, that's true. That's true. He really, yeah. I'm yeah. in a sec. And Nebula at the end is like, oh, yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> Stop with the play. Well, around. it's not genocide because it's random. It's random. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I tell you, one of the, the I mean, it's kind of comical, I guess, drawbacks from it is I was watching the second time with my boys. Uh, we're, we're eating dinner. And my middle son was like, uh, where's the music? Because mm. I mean, because part of Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. is all that classic rock, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. my boys love that. That's really what brought them into that movie. That's one of their favorite ones is Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy. So it's like, man, if Peter Quill is not going to be there with the heads, the Walkman right. rocking right. those tunes, I don't know if this is a galaxy or a universe I want to be in. Man. Yeah, I don't care if mm-hmm. is all noble and all. We got to have some good music. I'm not saying. <laughs> well, okay maybe, okay, maybe that's over the top. No, no, I think it's a great point. <laughs> I think. Yeah. That you know, it's not just how, like, what is shown in that episode really is not just how the story itself would change, but how even from a viewer standpoint, even a movie made like right. that would change because T'Challa doesn't have that same experience, that same life experience that Peter Quill has to be so into the music that it that it affects the soundtrack of the adventure. Um, one of the, to me a fun moment is when at the very beginning when adam when um when he he's getting the orb and he does the whole peter quill thing you know when they're like 
you know, drop the orb. And he's like, you know, you may know me as by my other name. And as he turns around and pops his little thing, uh, the Sakarian warrior, I forget his name, but he says, <laughs> Korath is his name. He's a star Lord, you know, and, he, and he's yeah. just really excited about it. So <laughs> what did uh, Adam, I, I, I'll, pro, I'll pose the same kind of conundrum I had, you know, just uh, in a more general sen- in a more general sentiment to you, just to Chala's presence. I just don't see him even softening up like Yondu and everything. The way Yondu is just like the way they, they go so everyone's nice, you know, and, and I just don't see him being right, able to accomplish yeah. that just because he's there, you know, and he showed up as an yeah. eight year old kid or whatever. Right. Yeah. Y- Yondu and the ravagers become eco warriors. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, he, he does kind of fix fix everything that um that peter quill didn't fix basically he's kind of t'challa sets everything right um i guess uh you just gotta accept that right um you 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 can dig into that and 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 Go down rabbit holes. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, look, it's not. It's yeah. it's definitely not rabbit holes we want to go down. And right. you know, I don't. Yeah. I don't want to get into motivations for it. But right. I'm saying that it, that I'm watching it, and I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah. And then Thanos shows I, up, and I'm like, no way. No yeah, way. I th- I think you have to suspend a little bit of disbelief. I w- I was kind of thinking the same thing with Thanos too. Um, that that's a lot to take in. Right. <laughs> Thanos is on the straight and narrow. Because um, so, yeah. Then he say about something about the power of a good of a powerful suggestion or good idea or yeah something like that. So. I I think you just have to have to take it at, at face value and go with it um, as far as that goes. Uh, but I did like uh, getting back to um, Korath um, the 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 guy at the beginning when Peter steals the orb. Um, I did like the fact that um, even though he, he admired um, Star-Lord, that he was a fan, that he, he still, he still sticks with his, his mission. You know? Oh yeah. Ser- yeah. Serving Ronan. <laughs> he, he still, he still has to fight um, Star-Lord and, you know, go, go through that, yeah. you know, and, and it was a very funny fight. It was. It was. Very humorous. It was. Um, yeah. Very well written. But I like that he doesn't just, you know, drop his gun and, you know, oh, let me join you. you right. Know, he still yeah. got some loyalty to his boss. So that was cool. Um, it also is interesting. Um, I don't even remember where where I came across it. But I know when I was researching histories for the characters for one of the books that... Um, he had had trained with um, with uh, Thanos with Thanos's children, mm-hmm. uh, Korath. That yeah. he had trained with Nebula and um, Gamora, mm-hmm. um, and you know gone through some of the same experiences with them. That's that was in the comics, one of the comics I read. So it was interesting to see him, um, you know, back with Nebula, you know. 
working on uh, the the same team like that. Um, it's just it was an interest interesting scenarios that I think fit fit with some of the the comics. Yeah. Yeah, it, it. Speaking of Gamora, uh, she was very conspicuous by her absence in that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, any any speculation or ideas of where she might have been? Well, doesn't uh, in the at least in the MCU, doesn't she become his daughter when he essentially adopts her? Thanos adopts her after he's destroying her world, yeah, her mm-hmm. civilization. So maybe Cha Cha. Mm-hmm. Got to Thanos prior to that, had him change a mind. So, um, you know, maybe he never, never annihilated her people. And I think she's also uh, a character of focus in a coming episode. Okay. Um, okay. Where I think, just judging from her costume, I, I can't remember. I think maybe there's a Lego. She's in one of the little minifigure blind packs that's coming out. By her costume, she looks kind of Thanos-y. So in that episode, she may she may become basically Thanos, or she may have you know been a true daughter of Thanos, you know, and taken over his right. legacy uh, in that universe. So maybe Marvel just didn't want to you know this episode to have Gamora because she's going to get her own focus and like, see, that's just, but that's weird to me though, because I, you would think that, um, you'd want to see her interacting with Thanos the way that Nebula was and everything else in this episode. So that you, that sets it up for that much more of, uh, of a fun twist, you know, in the next chapter that or or a couple of chapters when she's in there i i don't know it was just kind of weird to me that she wasn't there i'm not mad about it i just it was it was a conspicuous absence you know there was right. one yeah. look there was one major easter egg that we've got to talk about gentlemen that i know you guys don't pay attention to a lot of easter eggs um when when t'challa is at the collector's and he's looking for the genesis wave or whatever it is that, that star trek to um, whatever, whatever he's looking at Genesis gems or whatever. Um, he meets Howard the duck, you know, of course, who we've seen in some guardians stuff here or there voiced by Seth green, just like he was in the movies. Um, but Howard is, is kind of leading him to where this stuff is supposed to be. And he stops off for a drink and where he stops off for a drink is the cantina bar from star Wars. Are you serious? I didn't catch that. Yep, it is. It is. Catch it either. It is the Cantina Bar. So, um, yeah. So check it out because I I looked at it first time. I'm like, what? Now hold on. And they even go back in the credits and show that just itself, just the still shot of that, like the art of it and everything. And I was really thought that was a great little callback because it's just like the collector went and stole the bar. Mm-hmm. from there you know and it's got the bar and then all the stuff like the ig88 head you know drink dispenser and everything in the background and um and i and i thought that was a, that was a really cool uh easter egg in in that episode of what if um uh anyway that whole scene with the collector um i think benicio del toro forgot how he sounded as the collector in the other <laughs> films <laughs> Yeah. At least he wasn't stuttering like. Oh that. yeah. It becomes a bit of a heist film, um, 
there toward the, in the second half as they're at the collectors to go get the stuff. And it, and it's very much an ocean's 11 kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when Nebula, well, go ahead. Adam. Nebula, Nebula's action figure is called heist Nebula. Oh, nice. So. Yeah. Well, when she, when she double crosses T'Challa, um, you know, did you, did you buy that? Did you, did you see the triple cross coming? Uh, I, I just took it as they gave it to us. Yeah. I, uh, I, 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 I didn't suspect anything or, or have any notions as I watched it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just figured, well, this is the, this is Nebula. You can't, you know, yeah. can't, and not everybody can be changed. Right. So I, right. I figured it was the double cross. I didn't see the triple coming. Mm-hmm. So. Um, no, I didn't either. I thought I was like you, Luca. I, I, Lucas, I thought, oh, this is just going to be, you know, now they're all in jail. Now they're all in the prison. And it's going to be, how do we get out of this and defeat Nebula and everything? And then the whole triple cross happens. And, and I just thought it was so, because it really was a very Ocean's Eleven kind of moment. It was, you know, and we've seen the heist film pulled off in, in Ant-Man and the first Ant-Man was kind of a heist film, you know, with superheroes and everything. This is an intergalactic heist film. It's something that the Guardians never did. The Guardians are more in the MCU proper timeline, the, the uh, what do they call it, the prime timeline or the sacred timeline. Um, you know, they're more of a ragtag group of people that are just, you know, stumbling into adventure rather than seeking it out, I guess. And, um and then to see you know all these all this gang pull together the way they did, I thought was a lot of fun and 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 really cool. And then and then the whole the whole idea of the triple cross and that's what that's what Korath calls it. And he's like, oh, it's the triple cross. And <laughs> <laughs> he was funny. He yeah, was, was a lot of comic relief from his. He was. It, it's a good episode, and they do in in all those cages and stuff. And the collectors, you know, if you go back and watch Guardians, uh, the first Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, that's just a. That's a feast for the eyes, all the collector's cages and everything for different um, Easter eggs and stuff here that, you know, they, because it's animation and, and I, you know, they, a lot of them are just kind of, you're getting reflections, reflections off the glass rather than being able to see in. But there were a few little, like we saw a dark elf and we saw again, Howard, the duck, and we saw a few other things. And, um, but, uh, but by and large, you know, it, it it's pretty straightforward. Um, one of the things we find out what Khan is able to do is make a spaceship that's able to go into deep space, apparently. Yeah, yeah. So I'm surprised with that technology, the vibranium, man. You could do anything. Yep. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, vibranium is like the, 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 the perfect thing. Lucas, if you'll allow me to share my screen, I can show you this shot. Yeah, let's um, see if I can do that. Really quickly and and uh from from the from the what if see if they'll let you do credits. It. So let's see here. There we go. Did that work? Ah, there it is. Yeah. So. Sure enough. So you see that? It's got the whole rounded thing, and you can kind of see. It's a little stylized, but IG-88 head, you know, dispenser there, everything. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I never got a good look at the droid um, that was, uh, that was serving the drinks, but, you know, might have been a, might have been a Star Wars droid itself. So. You know, the one thing we haven't talked about, though, in this episode that has huge implications. All right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, T'Challa is now a Ravager, Nandu and all them. They take this noble path. Well, we know that one of his crew, because of this, uh, I guess you could say incorrect pickup, he will now 
no no longer or i guess he won't take upon the name of taserface right well he is taserface no no but he i think he changes his name to taserface doesn't he and no, he just he just he just says it out loud, and everybody la- and, and Rocket laughs at him. Well, so yeah, his no his t- his name is, and he's actually based off the first big villain that the Guardians of the Galaxy fought in the nineteen nineties comic series. Was, was a guy named Taserface? was a guy named Taserface. Yeah. Wow. So, See, there's my lack of knowledge of comics. Well, I was a listen. I was right there. Guardians of the Galaxy was launched as I was in the nineties. And and just absolutely, in uh, uh, that I picked that I picked up that issue for sure, and um, and, and then there was the, the around the same time the um, the new warriors started, and Quasar. So yeah, I'm all about I'm all about that that era more than I want to admit. I think sometimes, but uh, but Taserface looked a lot different in the. Uh, in the guardians, uh, in the yeah, guardians. I know, I know Adam alluded to it earlier, um, with, um, with Nebula figure, man, that wave of Marvel legend figures. I'm, I just cannot wait for those. Really? Yes. Captain yeah. Carter, the Nebula, the, uh, T'Challa. I mean, all the, I can't wait to see the next episodes when you got mm-hmm. zombie Captain America, um, zombie hunter, Spider-Man, I guess. I mean, can't wait. I'm I'm interested in the Zombie Hunter Spider-Man because you know that was well, is it Zombie Hunter Spider-Man or is it Sorcerer Supreme Spider-Man? I think it was Z- Zombie Hunter. It is Zombie Hunter Spider-Man because yeah. he is um he's got the cloak of levitation and everything. Um that that figure does. I I guess it's the, it looks like the cloak of levitation. Um yeah, he does have a cloak on. I don't, I don't know if that's it or, or not, but man, those figures, mm-hmm. I cannot wait. <laughs> yeah, I think I, it's like February maybe is when they're coming out. Yeah, so, I uh, I definitely want them, but I haven't uh, pre-ordered them. I just I I hate paying that uh, that extra three dollars each for these uh, premium prices because I know by the time they go into Walmart. Um, they'll just be twenty dollars each, or even possibly even less. My Walmart sells sells Marvel Legends for like eighteen, nineteen dollars each most of the time. So wow. I'm gonna avoid pre-ordering. I tell you what, um, I saw some new Marvel Legends first time in a long time. It was the Iron Man wave that had Ultron in it and everything in our Walmart this week, and they were twenty three dollars. That was the first really time. yes, which I've heard the prices are going up. But I tell you, and those that are in the cantina can tell you as well, if you want them, uh, talk to our guy, uh, Jim Arcudi. He can get all that stuff at, you know, at cost. Uh, you know, what he, you know, he's a wholesaler for Entertainment Earth, so he can hook you up and he gets some cases. The only one he probably can't get is because I think the Hydra Stomper is an exclusive, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there you go, that wave. He's going to get all those. Um, and, you know, every one of those I want. Those are such cool figures. Yeah, um, yeah. It's one I'm I'm able to pass on because of uh, you know I don't really do the MCU stuff anyway. Do you not want the Watcher though? I don't want that version of the Watcher. Um, okay. I, I know that sounds crazy, but there's a Marvel Select Watcher that was up for pre-order a while back, and it went out of I mean, and it went out of stock and pre-order like quick, and. Surprise, um, surprise. 
and I uh, and he looks like he stepped off the comic book page, and so that's kind of I, I I was able to get in on like a second wave pre order, you know they're like well potentially you'll be able to get this guy, um, good luck, with and that. so yeah so I I didn't um. I, I pre-ordered him, and and he just he looks more like the Uatu of my of my childhood. Let me see if I can pull that up here real quick for everybody to see that guy. Oh, okay, yeah, there. that's cool. So he's a little bit different. He's a little bulkier. He's not the 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 Watcher build a figure is very wispy and a lot of robes and stuff, and so it it's um it's really interesting. Um, to to kind of see the differences they've done with there in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I look the, when you start talking the Watcher and everything again, this just gets like into my comic book wheelhouse. Like everyone, just settle back and let's talk about Uatu the Watcher and how he showed up in the pages of the Fantastic Four and he's sworn never to interfere, only to observe. But then when Galactus shows up, come to find out he's been like interfering with the gravitational forces around the Earth and everything, so Galactus would never notice the Earth and then. That's taken away, and Galactus does notice the air. It's just a whole big thing, and then he he helps Johnny Storm get the ultimate nullifier, and and uh, and and again and again and again he shows up to be a factor in everything. But um, it's just that cosmic Marvel stuff. It's out of the mind of Jack Kirby for crying out loud. You know, Jack Kirby was just look Stan Lee and Jack Kirby together made some of the greatest stuff you've ever seen in comics, and a lot of it. What's so amazing is, is Stan Lee would say, we need someone to do this. And Jack Kirby would say, well, how about a guy on a surfboard? And let's make him silver. And we'll call him the Silver Surfer. All right, that seems like it'll be okay, you know. And then and then Kirby would draw these amazing, like, things of, of, the, of space and big equipment and, you know, all this Kirby-style stuff. And, in fact, they call this stuff that's coming out of uh, Ultron's mouth here, you know, the Kirby Crackle, because there was always some kind of energy crackle with with him and everything when he would draw things it's just and so to see some of this stuff realized um in some form that is not you know a quick throwaway saturday morning cartoon or like the old 70s fantastic four cartoons and that's it's just really cool it, it really is kind of cool to see them them doing that and and look that what if like the thing about that what if wave is yes it looks very cool but I just, uh, it's like, I've got to make my choices about what I'm going to collect, what I'm not going to collect, you know? Oh, I hear you. So, I know you had, I mean, well, I don't know if we want to put it out there, but I mean, you had your, your, your day at Ollie's too, or sometimes, you know. Yeah, we got to be careful about all that. Um. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. For those that are out there, uh, Ollie's has got a... If you yeah, don't live in our area and you have an Ollie's near you, go to yeah, it. Don't do it. Don't come to our area and do it. Yeah. <laughs> Go check out your local Ollie's. They've got some Marvel Legends, maybe. Um, yeah. And $10 TIE Fighters. So. Yes. Now, that's the thing. Go load up on your Han Solo $10 TIE Fighters there. Yes. Um, now, i tell you what I'm even more excited about, guys, and I'm sorry since we since we brought it up. And it, and we are talking in a collecting group right oh, now. Oh, yeah. That was, was a promo. We're collecting. Yeah. yeah. Um, is, the, uh, is, is the announcement of that. Uh, retro Fantastic Four wave the, on the retro oh, card. Oh, yeah. Um, He's fixing to share something with they us. They are cool. That is, look, that is... Well, I've been hearing that the Invisible Woman's not getting a lot of love. They're kind of hating on the figure. Is the that... face is weird. Okay. Um, I think a lot of people are looking at the face and, and thinking it's weird. I wish I could... 
how do you get Hasbro promo pictures sent to you? Um, <laughs> just personally, yeah. To you? Like uh, you know, like all these, like how do you, how do I become an outlet? That how does Geek Out Loud get on the press listing for Hasbro? That should be easy. It's uh, I I can probably help you with that. It's just because uh, I get them. It's yeah. uh, the Lit Litsky is the. Uh, they're in New York. It's okay. a PR agency, and they work for Hasbro. All right, because I'd love. I don't necessarily want anything before it's out there, but you know, I, I these these pictures that they they send out, yeah. that are used on all the websites and everything. I just I would like to have them so I could have easy access to them in times like this. Um, but yeah, it is a it is a to, it, it is a great looking wave of figures. The fan the the Invisible Woman's head, her face looks a little weird. But the great thing about current day Marvel Legends is, and and in that I believe it's the same. Uh, what do they call it, Buck? Um, as as the other Invisible Woman figures have been, um, you can pop her head right off and put a different Sue Storm head on her oh, yeah. if you want to. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So um, let me see here now if I can do this. Maybe it'll maybe it'll pull on up for you guys here. So I was disappointed, and I shouldn't be, but I was disappointed that it's just another version. It's another, basically a repack and a repaint with a different head mold of the thing. Yeah. Um, you still want that? Uh, I want that mutated thing so bad. I can't. Oh. I can't stand it. Um, in the comic cover tonight. I saw that. So. Yeah. The um, the the of course the invisible woman is there. She's got a couple of effects that have come with the other invisible woman, that shield and everything. Really excited about this human torch. Um, so yeah. glad that I don't have to worry about trying to get a Walgreens human torch now. Right. Uh, <laughs> this one's better than Walgreens. This one's got, it looks like it's got an improved face. Yeah. And yeah. I, I just, I never, I always passed up the Walgreens human torch. I know you've been looking for him, but he always looked flimsy to me. I knew, I know that, the plastic that they made him with that the transparent plastic mm-hmm. back then it just is very bendy and flimsy and this looks like a different uh plastic formula i think i think it'll hold hold its shape you know when it's 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 stand it's articulation i yeah. think it'll hold better but it, it looks a much better face yeah uh, the, the the uh the the red the red orange is is also um more closely to me, more closely associated with the actual color from the old comics and everything, mm-hmm. and he's got those lines on him that you know for whatever reason right. in the comics they used they just drew lines all over the torch to like you didn't know he was already on fire, um, but it's something about the way they did those lines. And then the Mister Fantastic is a cool gimmick that they did with like the Moira McTaggart figure where you can take the arms off and take the lab coat off, and they've got. Um, other arms that attach to him, so he's actually in the full on costume, the full on uh, Fantastic Four costume, and and he's got the stretchy fingers again. I would love to see them. I don't know how they would do it or how you know we could do that. Sure, there there may be some customizers or something, but I would love to see a stretchy torso to put on, you know, to 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 put the head on a stretchy, some yeah. stretchy leg, you know, kind of. Thing. I mean, almost stilt man like legs. Only they're Fantastic Four deco, you know, without the stilt rings on them and everything. But mm-hmm. just something to kind of you know expand what you're able to do. The the toy biz, uh, Mister Fantastic, 
you know, the first one they they released had had a couple of different interchangeable arms and stuff. And he had one fist that was like a hammer and you had the stretchy arm and, and that was pretty cool. I'm really excited about the psycho man because that's a classic villain and everyone keeps acting like that's a, um, that's a a book or something he's got. I forget what they keep calling it, but it, it literally is his weapon. And he presses one of those things and it causes people to either have fear or hate or anger. You know, he controls their, psyche he controls their emotions with it and um and he's actually from the microverse in the comics didn't you uh didn't you get that figure the original on that card and some of that stuff we got uh recently uh from lamar's crew yeah there it is look at there yeah those that can see it (laughs) let me uh yeah there you go i I thought i remember seeing that that you got that yeah yeah so um, and this card is actually pretty good. So I never took him off the card. Um, but, uh, but he's got a platform instead of his little, uh, his little weapon thing that, that you flip the, uh, you, it has like a little action feature where you can change the different, um, emotions that are listed on there. But, and then the high evolutionary, I think is just a great, you know, figure to add to any, um, collection because, uh, it's the high evolutionary. And I know that, you know, you guys have said you don't really know a lot about him. He is an intergalactic Dr. Moreau in a lot of ways. Um, he's tied to a lot of different uh, uh, things within humans and the Cree and some other different things. But um, ultimately, there's a great crossover from the late 80s during the annuals that ran through the late 80s called the Evolutionary War. And he's the big bad. Um, at the end of all of that. So, um, yeah, so I'm really excited about the, the fan. I, I just, the fantastic four were my jam when I started collecting comics and, and I love, I love the thing. I love the, I love the family of it all. I love their, a lot of their villains are really cool villains. You know, they're not Spider-Man level villains, but they're still really cool. And I mean, Dr. Doom is one of the greatest villains of all time for crying out loud. And so just, I'm, I'm really just excited about, about this wave. And then there are those Hasbro Pulse exclusives, which is Johnny not in fire form and Sue invisible, uh, trans, uh, an invisible Sue. So, so those, those both look really good. I like that Johnny storm a lot on, on that, uh, in that, in that outfit. Now, did you hear what Adam said earlier about we going through this? You were talking about, y'all were talking about the, uh, um, the Walgreens exclusive human mm-hmm. torch. Yeah. And Adam said, I know you've been looking for it, and I've seen it, but I didn't get it because it didn't look good. So yeah, he, was, I just, he was interceding for you. He didn't want yeah. you to get a less quality figure. All right. I've, I passed I passed that up. I'm assuming Adam saw it when I was – because here's the thing. I'll be right, honest with yeah. you. that What brought me back to Marvel Legends was the thing from that Walgreens um, set. Yeah. And I actually, uh, and so I, I saw the thing in our Walgreens and I got him and I, I don't know if I eBayed the Mr. Fantastic, um, but I actually found the, the invisible woman on our honeymoon, on my honeymoon. So, yeah. So I, I looked at my wife of, of 48 hours and I was like, I'm about to buy a toy. Um, so. <laughs> and I'm like, and I was like, I'm about to buy a toy and it's a girl. 
<laughs> the way you said it, I found the invisible woman on my honeymoon. On my honeymoon, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? That's an amazing thing. She's you just walk in and you bump into her. She's you know, but. <laughs> but I never, I never saw a Johnny Storm swinging from the pegs, um, and and he is like, you know, you can't buy a Walgreens Johnny Storm for less than seventy five bucks. Wow! And I'm it's, just, it's funny because that the that whole thing that they did of them, um, they've had all those figures at my local Walgreens, and I ran into them over and over and again, and um, like I've told you. Uh, the fantastic. I was aware of the cartoon when I was a kid, and you know the Fantastic Four, but it just never, it just never interested me, it, right? Because I, 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 I don't know. For some reason, Spider Man and some of the others, they were like right in my purview, mm-hmm. and I was watching them. You know, like every day they'd rerun the same cartoon for weeks and weeks and weeks, and I just watched Spider Man. But then I caught the Fantastic Four one day, and I was like, "What is this? I've never heard of this. This is like second rate Marvel." Right. Um, so it just—it was never my thing. But I saw these Walgreens figures, and I passed up some of them, like the Johnny Storm and the the Invisible Woman. But the thing Walgreens was so cool. He's, he's amazing. He's a great he's, figure. He's huge. You know, he's the huge one. You know, size you pay like thirty dollars or more for now. But he was only twenty, and he's got the the extra head and right. an extra set of hands. Yep. This enormous figure. And I was like, okay, he's so cool. I gotta have him. Um, and then Mister Fantastic with those long arms. Yep. I, I had to have him. And then. Um, I passed on the first sil- Silver Surfer, but the second one. Um, the, the Obsidian Surfer? Yeah, the Obsidian with the uh, Molnir. That's just so cool. I had to get that one. <laughs> I ended up getting uh, the, they had a, a, I think they only had one exclusive Doctor Doom at, at Walgreens. Mm. Um, and the the kind of the more future modern one with the like the Tony Stark armor. Yeah, so I got I got him, but he's still in the package. I just never felt moved to open him up. But they've they've had a good run at Walgreens with those with that that um, franchise. Yeah, yeah. I, here's the thing. I I forget how I got the first Silver Surfer, but I did I did get him. Um, but I didn't care to get that particular. Doctor Doom, Iron Man, the infamous Iron Man, um, just because it, that's not Doctor Doom to me, and it's not Iron Man, and I didn't, right. I didn't care to get that. Um, I have not seen, and I never saw the Obsidian Silver Surfer on the peg at our Walgreens, and and that and that absolutely, as a collector, terrifies me because I am begging people to keep your eye out for the Quasar and the Nova at Walgreens yeah. because I. Quasar was my jam. They're not doing the version of Quasar. I wish they'd do, but that's fine. I'm not mad about it. I'm just glad they're doing Quasar. And um, Nova, I would, I, I, I desperately want that Nova. And I would like a 90s version of the Nova. Would like the, he almost, in the 90s, Nova had kind of a sleeveless Rocketeer outfit going. Um, it was more leather looking like a, like a leather coat kind of thing, but sleeveless and, and more orangey. Um, his, his look with the new warriors, but I, you know, those are characters that are kind of in my purview back. Here's the thing, Adam, it, it may, like, if you read the fantastic four, they're in space a lot. 
they do a lot of space stuff so with a lot of aliens and and stuff so you might want to you might want to give them a shot i'll, I'll yeah. john burns run on fantastic four from back in the 80s is is pretty much heralded as one of the best runs of the fantastic four ever you know and and so yeah I, I would commend them to you as a comic book especially some of that older stuff with him because they do spend a lot of time in space or the negative zone which is basically space um and um and and it and it is uh it, it, it i just i fell in love with these and I, it's weird because the way it happened was i i saw a book in fifth grade i was in our library at school and i saw a book that said you know and here's the Fantastic Four, and it was a and it was a little hardcover small book that basically told you about them. Had a few comics reprinted in there in the pages of this little book, you know, to kind of give you some of their adventures and their origin and everything. But it was the thing that caught my eye because as a child, for some reason, there was a T-shirt that floated around our house that had the thing on it, hmm. and I did not know who that was really except from that T-shirt. And I'm like, that's that dude was on that T-shirt back in the day. Who is this guy? Let me find out about him. And I was just really excited to learn about him. And then when I did, and I learned about everybody else, I'm like, what a cool, cool idea and a cool concept. And so I just began to be immediately drawn to them with my collecting and reading, as well as the Hulk that I knew from TV. And so uh, that was that they, they became kind of the centerpiece of my collection. And I eschewed things like the X-Men that everybody thought was so cool you know, or Spider-Man that everybody thought was so cool. I'm like, I'm over here living on the edge reading the Fantastic Four and the Hulk. <laughs> Steve, I guess it was uh, a couple weeks ago we went to Mountain Man Comics. Yes, together. yeah. What what edition was it of uh, Fantastic Four that you got? Because it was a pretty big edition or something, something was going on in that one. It, I, I picked up, um, a, a, it was a Hulk versus them issue. I, okay. Give me just a second. Talk amongst yourselves. All right. Yeah, I tell you, Adam, we, uh, I guess it was a couple weeks ago, uh, Steve and I and a couple of my boys, which were the entertainment for the trip, Steve kind of did the tour guide and we went to uh, Bigfoot Expedition Museum, uh, <laughs> which my youngest had. A great Expedition time. Bigfoot, the, the Bigfoot it. Museum, yeah. Yeah, and uh, he took us on to Mountain Man Comics. Uh, this is in Blue Ridge, uh, Georgia. And dude, it was. It was it was an awesome place. Yeah, so he picked up this comic. It's a great comic shop. They've got tons of trades. You can buy online, mountainmancomics.com. they got tons of trades, tons of back issues. But I'd been looking at a similar one to this several times um, when I went and, and just never bought the bit the bullet. This is Fantastic Four 166. It's a Thing versus Hulk issue. I've not read it because I didn't want to pull it out and, and, and read it. I'm going to pull it up on the Marvel app and read it. Um, but I, I love any time the thing and the Hulk fight. That's yeah. that's my jam. That is my jam. <laughs> because I mean, you're talking about two of my favorite characters, and so you know, it, it, it's just it's always fun when those two two go at it. I kind of monopolize the whole time here, Adam. I don't know um, what what your thoughts are. We hadn't really talked about some of this Marvel Legends stuff. Obviously, the what if things look cool, and, and both you guys seem in that. But we we need to. Or I need to ask you about this Haslab Galactus. Oh. Well, uh, I think he looks amazing. Yeah. Um, I think the fact that they're releasing him and all the Fantastic Four stuff at the same time makes it sound really irresistible. Yep. 
the problem for me is, though I'm aware of Galactus, he's he's never really been in anything that uh, I've read. You know, any of any of the comics that I've read, and he's never he's not been in the MCU yet. Mm. So I don't have a personal connection to him. So as awesome as the figure looks, I just ask myself, you know, if this were on the shelf at Walmart. Would I buy him or pass him up? Am I just drawn to him because he's, you know, the exclusive HasLab and that's the only way you can get him? Mm. Um, and the answer is yes. That's why I'm drawn to him. I would pass him up at mm. Walmart because I don't have $400. Right. I can't just justify right. that on exactly. a that's just one figure. Yeah. Um because you can buy like um, like uh, what twenty figures for yeah. that price. So. Right. <laughs> well, he's as big as twenty figures. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It, he's amazing, and three I just foot tall, something like that. Yeah, thirty-two inches, so right at three feet tall. Um, he's got some LED stuff, and I was telling Lucas beforehand. I think that that's part of the 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 four hundred dollars more than anything is those are yeah. the LED lights and everything they've got running through his body and. Um, you know, and it, and it's it's a separate LED pack on his head as it is on his chest and in his body, and and I just feel like that that some of the tooling is what of those and and that material makes it a little more expensive, and at the same time they're asking for more backers on this than anything else they've asked for, fourteen thousand um, supporters, and I guess I guess the overwhelming success of the Razor Crest for the vintage collection line made them think they'd be able to do that. But I just, uh, I, I don't know right now we've got 11 days to go at the time of this recording and there's 12,448 backers. And, and I've talked to my wife about it and kind of basically said, yeah, I'm just going to have to let this go. Um, you know, but every time I look at the picture and I see that little Reed Richards standing next to him, I'm just like, what am I thinking? Of course, I don't want to let this guy go. I've got to find a way to get four hundred dollars that I can just flush down the toilet in a moment. You know, I, I'm so scared of buyer's remorse that yeah. you know. Oh, I'm feeling for the razor crest, man. I haven't got it yet. I feel yeah, like. <laughs> I'm. I'm feeling you. I, I don't. I don't even really want him, but I'm feeling your buyer's remorse. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't bit the bullet because I told my wife I wouldn't. You know, but yeah. but that's a conversation I may want to revisit yeah. with her. The more I look at this yeah. thing, um, how he, many how many companion little companion extras does he have that that they've they well no see they've only released one stretch goal, and oh, okay. and it's for and it's for one of his. Um, Heralds, that's what he calls them, and that's Frankie Ray Nova, who is, you know, okay. she's all made of fire and everything, and she's got a really cool stand that you that he can hold in his hand and everything, and she can stand on. The other thing they had, they released a picture, and then Shadow was a Silver Surfer, and so I feel like that's kind of a jip to get another Silver Surfer if they, but right. there, there's no way they're ever going to meet the sixteen thousand backer stretch goal. Yeah. Um, you know, they may not hit the fourteen thousand, which is really yeah. disappointing to me. Yeah. Um, just because I want to see this in someone's hands, right. um, if not mine own. Uh, but it, it, yeah. And I think that's the thing. I think they set their, I think they set their sights a little too high with, yeah, with the number of backers they needed. You know, I don't know if that's because to be cost effective, that's how many they had to do at right. this level, you know, and if that's the case, then tone down some of those features on old Galactus, you know, he doesn't need yeah. 20 points of articulation in each hand. 
Um, no. It's cool that he has it, but he doesn't need that, you know. No. Um, and so I don't know. I, I'm. I just uh, it it the thing about Galactus is is I would never look at you and say, oh, he's my favorite villain in the MCU, right. or he's my favorite cosmic character in the MCU. My favorite cosmic character in the MCU is the Beyonder, who started the whole Secret Wars thing and everything. Mm. Um, it's just the idea of this figure in in this look, you know, with, you know, I've got to build a figure, you know, back here that from Toy Bit, from the Toy Biz era that Lucas helped me stumble upon, I believe, uh, found someone that was selling one for a good price and, um, and it, and it, but you know, it's nothing compared to this guy, you know. So, so I'm just kind of telling myself I'm happy with that one. I'm happy with that one, you know. It well, doesn't make sense, it's, and I think you alluded to it earlier, Steve. But I mean, this is—they're asking for the most number of backers they've ever asked for. Mm-hmm. Fourteen thousand. I think the highest prior to that was maybe eight thousand with some, uh, the Transformer Omicron or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that's just crazy. I don't know. The yeah. Unicron. Let me see if they if we can still pull up that information on that. They needed eight thousand backers, and they ended up with over ten thousand. Okay. Um, so they didn't get to fourteen thousand on that. Right. Yeah. Uh, with the with the first thing they did, the Katana, they wanted five thousand backers, and they got over five thousand, of course, on that. Yeah. But they don't have the exact number listed still on those past projects. Um, the Razor Crest, like I say, was the big one. They target was six thousand backers, twenty eight thousand one hundred forty eight backers yeah. on that. You know, that's one of those things. It's like you could have sent that out to retail. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. with, with that type have. of backing. Yeah, they um, should have. And then, I heard that uh, Kevin Feige was the reason why the katana happened. That he bought like enough of those to like fill an office over at the Marvel Studios. Wow, nice. he, he literally did. Nice. Well. The uh, the the Sentinel that they did the the Marvel Legends Sentinel, uh, they needed six thousand backers, and they got twenty one thousand eight hundred ninety backers. Wow! So, but here's the thing that just finished up, um, not long ago. I mean, like that that it hasn't shipped yet. Has hasn't it? shipped yet. It's supposed yeah. to be coming this fall, but that's the thing. It's like. It's like the Razor Crest and this. There's going to be overlap in your customers with Star yeah. Wars and Marvel Legends, and I just feel like this thing happened way too soon on the heels of of, yeah. of these other projects, and I think people just can't yeah. afford it. I think it's something that the fans really want, but yeah. I think I think they also got greedy and said, "Well, we've hit twenty one thousand yeah. on these other things. Let's let's shoot for fourteen. Yeah. And yeah. and I think I think they've made a mistake with it. I mean, because the Galactus is bigger than the Sentinel, but he's not that much bigger than the Sentinel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I'd be interested to talk to someone and, and, and get them to kind of explain what their thinking was there, but not that I'm going to get it as I told my wife. So, so let's, let's make some, uh, predictions. Do you think they get it by the date? you think they get 14,000? I think so. I, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's steadily going up and I think that there'll be a push next week, um, you know, by Hasbro to, to kind of oh, yeah. try to push it over the top. And I think that you'll see. Um, people who really want this and some of these, some of these fan channels start to really push it as well. Yeah. So I, I think they, I think they have potential to make it. it it's kind of steadily gone up as they've announced it. So Steve, did you get 
did you get on the Sentinel train? Did you order? I, I didn't. I was tempted by it, but not that tempted because I don't. I'm like you with the X Men stuff. I'm not as as invested or as well versed in the X Men side of things as right. I am this Fantastic Four stuff. So. Um, so I didn't get in on that and I don't regret getting, like, I don't have, I don't have FOMO on that because I, I, you know, it's not something that I'd ever really want, but here's what I, here's what that coming out does is there's, they'll build a figure Sentinels. There's a couple of build a figure Sentinels out there that, that maybe those will now go down in price, Mm -hmm. you know, as people trying to get rid of them, that I might be able to snag one of those just to kind of have on the shelf that look all right. Um, but I don't need, you know, that's, that's one of those things like, I don't need this. So what what makes it easier for me is on Marvel Legends I've I've always been pick and choose anyway I only buy what I want right so right me too what, what speaks to me so I can it's not a big thing to pass these up. Yeah. Star Wars at least until recently um, would be different whereas I was a completist so I think the next one they let slip is a is the Rancor so yeah. the Black Boston. Series Rancor yeah. Yeah, so that that's gonna be a hard one for me because yeah. I know I'm, I can't afford it, whatever it's going to be. I'm sure, <laughs> but on the other hand, I know I have to have it. Right, so that's it's gonna like tear my soul apart. <laughs> how big? Like now, you know, you think about how big do you think that Rancor will be, Lucas? If 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 it's a Black Series scale, six inch scale, so Black Series uh, six inch. So you're thinking. I'm thinking probably two foot tall, possibly. At least 24 inches, yeah. Yeah, at least 24 inches tall. So I mean, that's not too bad. I mean, how tall was the vent? That was the old plate. The old one was like just a, was about half that size. Yeah. You know, obviously you go out as you go up with him. You know, he's and about, I can see him from here. He's he's maybe about anywhere from 12 to 15 inches tall. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm thinking you may end up with something that's about 30 inches. A little, a little over two and a half feet tall, maybe on on that rancor. Because if they if they want to make him where he can actually pick up uh, Luke, you know, in his hand and that sort of thing, and depending on how articulated they want him to be and all, that could end up being an interesting, interesting uh, deal. And here's what's going to make him impossible to pass up for collectors: is imagine the stretch goals. Uh, you could you could possibly have a Malakili, the Rancor keeper. Yeah. You could possibly have an Ula. Yeah. Um, you could have Mal- Malakili's friend. You could have almost anything from you know Jabba's palace. Well, a Luke, you know, and a, just yeah, a just a, a Luke. Luke in his in his with a bone, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, bone. Yeah. You know, just there's yeah, there's there's several things they could do as a stretch goal, but. Uh, you know, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they want out of that and how much it is. Yeah. And and that's another thing that I'm almost surprised they didn't just try to push to retail because I feel like that's almost a give me. I think that, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that Hasbro is, I don't know that they've got the HasLab thing down quite yet to to a yeah. science, but, um, but yeah. you know, look, Star Wars fans are still out there. They're still huge. They're still jonesing for for stuff and original trilogy stuff, man, is, is the way to go. And this is the first black series, um, has lab project. So it could be, yeah. could be pretty special. We'll see what happens with that for sure. Um, before we go guys really quickly, uh, it looks like episode three of what if is going to be, what if Loki presented himself to the governments of earth 
as king of Asgard using, using all his diplomacy. So if he, if he showed up and said, I'm the king of Asgard and, and tried to use that as a means to, to get around, who knows what. And then there's no, there's no what if yet for episode four. Um, is there, how many are in the seasons? Eight or nine? I'm showing nine here on IMDb, but, but the images from episode four appear to be Dr. Strange. Um, so Dr. Strange Supreme is what he's called in the Marvel Legends thing. I don't know what that means or what we're looking at there, but um, but there is a picture of uh, what looks to be an evil Dr. Strange fighting a good Dr. Strange. Okay. So we shall, we shall find out, and in two weeks we'll get back together and, and yes. talk about those bad boys. So We'll give some updates yeah. on our collecting in between now and then, if there's mm-hmm. anything to find. Right. Well, apparently... You know, you can swing it. You can't swing a dead cat without hitting a Walgreens torch up in Michigan. <laughs> no, so, <right>. so, <laughs> got a friend looking for one, and oh, I saw him, but you know, <laughs> oh wow. Well, the good news is, I don't think that um, Quasar or Nova have hit stores yet. So. I don't know they have, but here's the thing: what happens is, I start seeing people on YouTube doing reviews yeah. of them who have them in hand and right. up in Canada, they're EB games exclusives rather than Walgreens exclusives. And, and it's just like, Oh, if I could just change my VPN, if I get a VPN and change yeah. my location to Canada, maybe have it shipped to me from there. Uh, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, so, so I just get a little bit, um, we got some friends in the cantina and probably in the Goliverse that live there that might hook you up, take care of you. Mm-hmm. Hopefully so. Hopefully the, Hopefully some folks, especially here in the cantina, are so good with looking out for folks and everything. You guys, keep your eyes out for me. Let me know. Yes, for sure. So. All right. Well, guys, that's uh, unless we got anything else, that'll wrap us up here on the cantina side of things and in on the Geek Out Loud side of things. Just a couple of plugs. Um, want to plug, of course, Adam Bray. Uh, Adam, you can see, if you're watching the video, you can see those works behind him, all of which he's worked on, everything you need to know about Marvel, Ultimate Marvel, uh, Marvel Studios. Um, there's a there's a there's an encyclopedia floating around somewhere out there. Adam, what is your website that people can go to and then that has all your Amazon links and everything? Right. Uh, www.adambray.com. Um, that's got all my links and lists of books, or you can just hit me up on uh, social media anywhere, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, and you can order signed copies from me, and then I make a little money off that, and that helps fund my action figure addiction. <laughs> that is the, uh, that's at author Adam Bray on all the socials there. So, and of course, uh, if you haven't joined up over at Chewy's Canteen at Facebook, do so. You can get there by going to geekoutonline.com slash group geek out online no, geekoutonline.com slash cantina and the guardians of the goliverse facebook group is geekoutonline.com slash group if you if you're in a position to support the shows we appreciate you doing so over at patreon patreon.com slash geek out loud and uh we just put out today our commentary of the 1987 film masters of the universe myself and dave jones sat down and did that and had a good time doing that with a good buddy dave and I uh, got some more Lost Big Honkin' Show episodes coming soon and some stuff that I want to get with Adam on that I haven't talked to him about yet. All kinds of fun stuff coming uh, on the Patreon side of things. And more Geek Out Loud coming your way, more Rock Out Loud coming your way, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us here tonight. And uh, we'll see you around the cantina. 
And we'll see you around the Goliverse. Have a good one, everybody. (laughs) 